Hey, this is Dana Miette, and you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. If you want the real long version of what this podcast is about, go on over to the first episodes, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet now that we got a couple episodes under our belt. This podcast is made for teens, but it's really welcome to anyone who wants to learn more about their faith as we tackle the tough topics about life. If you have any topic requests, please email me at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. Any Bible will do, but if you want to follow along what Bible I will be reading out of, it will always be the New American Standard Bible. May God bless you, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. What's up, guys? I hope you're doing swell. Um, my mic is in a different room, so if I sound a little funny, my bad. They say that matters, but, you know, we got to keep the podcast living on. We had the attack of the bugs, so the normal room that I usually do my podcast in is being clean, clean, clean. So, we'll have to just make do. But without any further ado, um, our topic of the day is why is taking criticism so hard? And we will start with a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing opportunity that, Lord, we can be in different parts of the world and still come together and learn about you, learn about your love, learn about your faithfulness, learn about how we can grow as a person and how we can do things to show your glory in the world and to show others your love, God. And as we learn about criticism and how we can grow from it. Lord, let us see that not all criticism is bad criticism. And if we're growing for your kingdom and if we're moving in our lives um, and building ourselves up to be a better person, to love others and to spread your word and, you know, ultimately for us to also get to heaven, Lord, that that's good. That we want to do anything we can to please you, Lord, and to feel your joy and your peace and your happiness. And that comes from following you and what you say and being the person you called us to be, Lord. And we thank you for that wisdom. And guide us today, God, as we learn about criticism, that we can see what we need to work on and how we can be better to build your kingdom and show our love for you and feel your everlasting love, joy, peace, and faithfulness. In your name we pray. Amen. So as you know, I've been trying to grow and work on my faith life. We can always try to grow and work on our faith life. Um, But I do caution you because I know with me, um, I'm very hard on myself. I don't like to forgive myself. And also when I'm trying to grow, it's also important to remember that God just calls you to love him. It's not about what you do. It's about what he already did. And so if we're trying to grow and we're trying to do our best, just remember, don't let it consume you. Don't let it overwhelm you. I know that's my struggle a lot of times is I don't like to sin because God calls us not to, but then we're also humans. We're not Jesus. My husband has to remind me that all the time. Dana, you're not Jesus. You're going to mess up. You got to take a deep breath and move on. You're insulting him more by not moving on and not accepting his forgiveness. So just remember as you're growing and as we go through this about taking criticism and working on our flaws and things like that. Also just remember that God loves you. And when you make that mistake, don't be too hard on yourself. And like I said, I'm the worst at taking my own advice. I need to re-listen to this podcast after and take my own advice. But you know, making sure that you remember ultimately God loves you. He's going to give you forgiveness and mercy as long as you are doing your best and you're praying and staying loyal to him. That's really, truly what matters. That your heart is trying to, you know, commit to God, submit to God in his, um, this podcast, I think I've already said, but in case it didn't, was actually inspired by my students. You know, as I grow and I reflect, you know, I also work during the day and sometimes when I hear them talk, you know, I say this all the time, I learn a lot from my daughter. She's so innocent and I learn a lot from my students too, just being around children because as adults and as teens, we're just bigger children. That's all we are. Um, Sometimes we forget that, but you know, sitting in uh, meetings at school, teacher meetings, when we have a meeting for eight hours a day, we look just like the children. You know, we're talking, 
while the principal's talking and we have to be quiet down and you know people are having side conversations and after lunch we're tired it's the same thing we're all humans even though obviously adults have more responsibility and you know have grown more and learned more so they're in charge but at the end of the day we're all you know the same and so when you really take a look at children they're kind of innocent and haven't learned the different things yet and so it's very easy to kind of learn from them and so that's what was happening with my students you know um we can't teach obviously I can't teach Christian um biblical values to my students but I do teach them good moral values which obviously also reflect Christ without reflecting Christ and so when I notice kids doing things um you know I'm not one of those kind of teachers that likes to, to yell fuss and those things but you know God says that we should discipline and we should confront others so I always try to help these kids but in a respectful you know calm way and point them to you know good moral values and so it's funny especially being a PE teacher um we we have a lot of conflicts when it comes to competitive games which that is one of the reasons I do competitive games because I feel that if you never teach kids how to work through their problems if you never teach them to work through the competition and that you're gonna lose sometimes and you're gonna you know have people that get their way that shouldn't and things like that if they don't learn that in some form or fashion when they get older and they're in the real world it's gonna be hard for them to learn so I love doing competitive games because there are sometimes people cheat and we have to learn to adjust and be respectful to them and handle them in a fair and respectful way still give them dignity even though obviously when they cheat it's hard and you know we might feel like they don't deserve it or you know when we lose how do we do that in you know a way that we're not just acting like a total jerk because we lost and on the flip side when we win having respect for the other team and how we handle you know that success and not putting shame on other people so a lot of this comes up and I'll never forget the other day I had a kid who won and his friends called him a sore winner and he was like in tears furious because his friends called him a sore winner but the thing was he was going around talking about how his team won and he was bragging and he was doing all these things and so by definition if you really look at what he was doing he was being a sore winner and he came to me and obviously he wanted me to side with him because who doesn't especially kids um he said they're calling me a sore winner and this and this and this and this and so I pulled the two boys aside and they literally told me everything he said and I said is this what you said and he goes yes that's exactly what I said I'm not being a sore winner and I told him I said look I don't mean this in a bad way I mean this fully out of love but the definition of a sore winner is when someone does this this and this I said so you were being a sore winner I said I know that wasn't your heart I know that wasn't your intention but that is the definition and so if you don't like people calling you a sore winner next time just tell them congratulations and move on don't keep egging them on and talking about it and he just kept getting more and more mad at me he couldn't see their perspective he felt like he was right they were wrong and it was just a big mess and I see that all the time I have kids when they're working together the more dominant personalities um you know want to be authoritative want to be bossy but they get mad when people say they're bossy and it's those shyer ones that need a little space that don't need someone demanding and over them and so I try to teach them look you're going to be a great leader one day you do have a very strong personality but you have to recognize that not everybody takes it the way you mean it and that you have to adjust yourself sometimes um in certain situations and so I bring all that up because you know they couldn't handle criticism and we do the same I know for me um 
like I said, I've grown a lot this year. I've gotten things that I was super excited about when we first started this podcast. You'll look at my podcast from like last April and May, and I had some things I was super excited about. And then if you look at my podcast come like August, September, that kind of stuff, um, some of those things I was super excited about got taken away from me, and it's my struggle, and it's my weakness, and it's been hard. And But the biggest blessing with all that was that I learned to take criticism. Um, I prayed in April or May while everything was going good. Um, I felt like everything was going good, but I felt like I didn't have enough I was repenting on. And the Bible cautions us that if you feel like you don't have any sin, then you're misguided. And so as much as people tell you to not pray for those kind of things, I did because I wanted to make sure my heart was right. I wanted to make sure if there was something I was doing wrong, you know, if I was being more of a Pharisee than a sinner, I know that sounds weird, but I'd rather be a sinner than a Pharisee. That's what we're supposed to be. Um, that I was making those adjustments and God, just like Paul, knocked me off my high horse and showed me all kinds of things. And I had to deal with all these criticisms of myself that, you know, through self-reflection I got and through just things that I made mistakes with, I got, um, and I had to work through them. But the thing is, it's important to take the criticism and to grow from it. With that being said, I'm not talking about people who are doing things intentionally to hurt you. I'm talking about the people who are truly trying to make grow. And when you make a mistake, or even if you don't think you made a mistake, if someone's telling you something conflicting, stop, take a step back and think about what they're saying. Okay. Like I tell my kids at school, there was one time this guy did nothing wrong. He really didn't. But I told him, I said, look, you did nothing wrong. I agree with you that you did nothing wrong. I said, but look how you made this person feel. They're crying. They don't want to play anymore. They're sitting out. They're upset. It's ruined their whole day. So even though to me and you, it seems like an acceptable behavior for them, we might need to tone it down a little bit. We might not need to get so competitive and so high strung and learn from that. So sometimes, like I said, your criticism might not be something you have to use with everybody, but it might be, you know, if you're in certain situations, you have to act more calm or take more deep breaths or not joke with this person like you would joke with that person and, you know, kind of watch what you say. So um, it's the positive criticism and learning and reflecting and realizing that although you might think you didn't do anything wrong, well, I don't think I did anything wrong, but let me stop. How can I grow from this? Because I'm not going to deal with just people that have my perspective. I'm going to deal with people who have other perspectives. And this is so hard because we have pride. We learn from Jesus that we need to be humbled. And <laughs> let me tell you, when I got humbled, I was glad to get humbled. I prayed that God keeps humbling me, but it's the hardest thing. It stresses me out. Uh, I have tears now. I never used to really cry. I used to always try to be the tough girl in the family. Now I'm just so humbled about it. Who, you know, if I cry, I cry because I need to realize that I can't do it alone and I make mistakes. And yeah, I might be a great person because God calls me to be that and he gives me gifts and tools, but that it's not of my own, it's of his own. And if I, when I part from his scripture and when I part from his prayers, I'm actually, you know, a very sinful, awful human being. But I'm so thankful that I don't have to be that sinful, awful human being. I can be redeemed. I can be loved and I can be righteous because God makes me that way. And so I have to keep turning to scripture and reminding me of who God says I am and use my criticism for the greater good and use my criticism to grow and to get away from the sins that make me um, have those flaws. But the why do we need to grow from our criticism? The main reason we need to grow is the devils are going to use our weakness. He's going to use our weakness. That's how he's going to get in our head. That's how he's going to tempt us. So if we don't know 
our weakness, then we're not going to be able to combat the devil's fight as good. I know for me, friendship is my weakness. Um, people make fun of me all the time because I just, I mean, I can deal with a lot. Like right now I'm going through a lot. It'll probably be on another podcast, but, um, I was told that I can't have my job next year. I can go into a classroom if I want to. Um, but I can't do that right now. I have a newborn baby. Um, if you didn't know, so hopefully I can keep these podcasts going, but I have a newborn little son. Um, and going from PE into a regular ed classroom, just, I feel like God's not calling me to do that right now because, you know, I have a newborn, I have another daughter or I have a daughter because I have a daughter and a son now. Um, and it's just not the right time. God's telling me to drop my nets and follow him. And I'm sure there'll be a podcast on that. I don't want to go too far into this, but my point is I've been through a lot of hardships, losing your job, losing a whole salary, half our income a couple weeks before our newborn was here. Um, It's stressful, but I could tell you, I easily put that in God's hands. I easily trust him. But when it comes to friendships, I struggle to put it in his hand and I put it in his hands and I take it out and I think about it every day. And it just shows you that we all have different weaknesses where my best friend, literally I'm her best friend and she has her sister and she literally, that's her only two friends. That's all she cares about. I have three best friends, 500 million friends, a million people calling and texting me but I can't get over the friendships that I lost um, and made mistakes with that's just my struggle and the reason I'm pointing this out to you and being open about that is because that's what the devil's gonna use against me the devil tried to use my job but it didn't work so he's gonna revert back to what he knows I need to work on what he knows I struggle with um I also struggle with jealousy and communication things like that so what is he gonna do he's gonna show me things that's gonna make me jealous but it's also my actions too. When I, you know, get on Facebook or social media or put myself in situations where I'm going to be around things that are going to make me envious and jealous, I'm putting myself in that situation. When I put my head in scripture and I'm reading, I don't have those same feelings. So it's about combating it. It's about identifying it and um, working towards it. Am I going to fail? Absolutely. I fail every day. I ask for forgiveness every day. It is my weakness. I remind myself it is my weakness and I'm doing my best. Um, But if we don't take that criticism, if we don't self-reflect, if we don't know what is in our way, the devil's gonna just keep using it and we're gonna steal our own joy and we're not even realizing that's what's happening. We don't even realize that it's our sin and our flaws that's doing that and God's trying to get us to combat it, not only to get to heaven and not only because he loves us, but like he says, being with him gives us our joy and our peace. And so that's very important um, that we do it not only for those things, but it does give us the joy and peace beyond understanding. Um, And then the other reason that it's important to take our criticism is when we focus on our growth and what we do wrong, we're going to be more compassionate about others growing. Uh, I have friends all the time and family and everybody, you know, that, and I used to do it too, that gossips and talks bad about people and their flaws and what frustrates them. And they're not really trying to do it in a mean or hateful way. They're just venting. But what I learned about venting is one, even though you think it feels good, you're verbally mentioning their name and their flaws in inside it's making you think of that person in that way and bringing your frustrations more to life I know for me um I had to stop saying certain people's names because just saying their name kept putting them on my mind when you talk about somebody you start to have that um reflection on them and so instead if you always say positive things about them even though there's a lot of negative it brings that positive vibe to you and like I said the main thing for me with my growth and being compassionate on others is I realized 
realized that we all struggle on different things and I wouldn't want someone to take mine criticisms that I'm working on and shove them in my face. I wouldn't want them to judge me and God calls us not to judge. And when we see our situation, like I'm not a drug addict, but like I said, I have um, issues of letting go with friendships and different things like that, caring about what people think. So what I do is when someone's talking about someone who's addicted to drug, I remember, you know, that I'm addicted to people pleasing and it helps me relate to them and say, yeah, well, you know, I might not know how hard it is. And yeah, it seems like they're blowing their whole life away and their whole family away because they can't just let go of drugs. But here I am and I can't let go of people pleasing. I can't help but worrying what people think. And I can't help but, you know, fighting for friendships and doing things that, you know, have already been gone and taken away. And I need to let it go for, you know, the other people involved. And so it just helps you stay focused. It helps you have a different perspective. Um, When we acknowledge our flaws, like I said, not shaming ourselves, but realizing, yeah, we might not, we might not understand why they can't get over it. And we also have to understand that the devil's attacking it. So what we can do instead of talking bad about that person is remembering that that's their criticism, not saying that if it's something you need to address, do it in a respectful way, give them their criticism so they can grow, but pray for them. Pray that they see that. Like I said, I hate it that I had to be humble and see my pride and see my jealousy and see all those things, but now I can grow and now I'm getting peace and now I'm getting closer to God. And even though I'm still, like I said, I stress over it way too much, but I do have a stronger relationship with God and I have grown so much in my faith. So pray for them that they see it so they can combat it, so they can turn their sin into joy and peace because they give it over to God. They ask for that forgiveness and he helps them combat it. So that's why accepting criticism is so important. It helps us grow. It helps us um, see someone else's perspective and not judge them and instead focus on, yes, they have this law. Yeah, it might upset me, but you know, they're probably doing their best and I need to pray for them and I need to help guide them. Just like I'd want them to not judge me, to pray for me, to see the good in me, see that I'm a genuine person and that it's the sin and to combat it. So the Bible verses I have, I'll just say them and then I'll actually read them to you. Um, Proverbs 15:31, Proverbs 14, 18, Proverbs 10, 17, and Matthew 7, um, verses 3 through 5. And I think we might have done that one in the past. And that's fine because it drives home again. You'll notice all scripture really connects and it can teach you multitudes of different things. So I will read them. If you notice a lot of wisdom in Proverbs, if you don't read much Proverbs, like I always say, Psalms teach you how to pray. Proverbs give you wisdom. And if you're Catholic, the book I'm in right now is the book of Sirach and it has some solid stuff. I know other, I think the NIV might have the book of Sirach too, but some Bible translations um, took it out, did not feel like it was part of the Bible. The way I look at it, even if it's not part of your Bible, you know, sometimes we read articles from people that, you know, just, I mean, you're listening to a podcast, I'm not in the Bible, right? Um, so even if you don't have the book of Sirach, you can look it up, maybe not see it as Bible verses, but see it as, you know, wisdom, someone who wrote a really good article. That's one that truly has been teaching me a lot, especially Sirach too. Um, but I'll read you these verses really quick. So Proverbs 15, 31 says, those whose ears hear wholesome admonition will abide among the wise. So again, hearing and it makes you wise when you actually take in what others say. That's why I always say also that it's important to have good Christian friends right now. Um, my good Christian friends are the ones that's getting me through. They help me see, oh, Dana, you were a little bit of a jerk when you said this and this and this. And I asked them and they were helping me. And Dana, you need to let this 
disco and you need to not, you know, do this. And they're doing it out of love. And listening to that has helped me grow and it has helped me become more wise in future situations. Um, Proverbs 14, 18, the simple acquire folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. So again, not just staying all simple, going with what the world says. Oh no, I don't need criticism. I'm going to do me, that kind of thing. No, when you're prudent, you will be crowned with eternal knowledge and it'll give you peace instead of that worldly knowledge and expectation. Proverbs 10, 17, he who heeds instruction is on the path to live, but he who reje- rejects it re- reproofs and goes astray. Again, you know, when we, there are people in my life, especially with friendships I'm going through that say, let it go. You know, like you just gotta not deal with it the same way and blame it on them. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to blame things that happened. Even if someone's in the wrong, I'm not blaming on them. I'm going to focus on my end of the deal. What could I have done better? What could, you know, how do I need to grow and how, how can I support them in the future? And so it's getting rid of that worldliness of, oh, they're wrong. They're terrible. And yeah, even if they made the mistake and even if they were in the wrong, that still doesn't make it right for me to, you know, oh, I'm right and look at their flaws. That's not what I should ever be focused on. I shouldn't be focused on their flaws. I should be focused on my heart and what I can do in that situation and in that moment and not analyze. And the last one kind of goes with that too, which I said we kind of did before, which Matthew chapter seven, verses three through five. Why do you not see the speck that is in your brother? Or sorry, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so again, if we acknowledge our criticism and we work on it, when we do have to help someone out, we can use our flaws to help them. Like I said, just the example of the person with drug addiction, um, you know, I d- I've never done a drug in my life. I don't know drug addiction. Okay. Um, but I can relate. Well, I know how hard it is for me to quit this. I know how hard it is for me to do that. You know, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I couldn't imagine something that medically making me crave something. Um, and understanding them. And so when you focus on your log, not only will it help you, but it helps others because it makes you see clearly to help that person by giving them the compassion, understanding, and giving them the positive criticism, but letting them know it's out of love and that you're not judging them. Just like my students, I was not judging him when he was a sore winner. I was helping him see that maybe the way he handled it, you know, if he doesn't want to be called that, needs to be handled differently. It was out of love. It was for him to grow for him to see. It wasn't to hurt him. I could care less if he's a sore winner. Heck, I've been a sore winner most of my life. I'm a competitive uh, guru for sure. So anyway, hopefully this podcast helps you see um, when people judge you or give you criticism, you know, to use it, to not always think we're right, even when we feel like we're right. Um, You know, instead stop and think, okay, I thought I was right, but why did they think this way? How can I grow from? So I hope this blesses you. I hope this helps you in your faith life. As always, if you have any topic requests, let me know. Again, we started using the Great American Adventure Bible for our scriptures, but you can use any Bible you want. Um, I just wanted to say that because some of these, the words are different for sure in the ESV. If you want to look them up, they might not have as big of words, might be a little bit easier for you. God bless you. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Again, I guess we'll see what the next topic brings. Peace out.